Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Westfall One-on-One Podcast. We are Nicole Lyons and Bryce Neiman with the Keller ASD Communications Department. We're really excited to bring you this first edition after the start of the 2021-22 school year. In this episode, Dr. Westfall sits down with a teacher at the forefront of reinventing what school can look like. Let's get into it. Nicole. Hey. Can you believe we've almost been in school for about a month now? When we're time recording this, it's crazy. It is crazy. It's flown by. How's the start of the school year been for you? You know, the start of the school year has thrown us a few curveballs. Um, it has. We yeah. still have, you know, COVID concerns. We've implemented a K six virtual learning option. TEA guidelines are changing weekly. Um, there's new legislation that impacts our schools and, you know, just we still have other normal beginning of the year challenges. Those still exist. Never stop. But I have to say, once again, our people are the ones who are still pivoting and working really hard, not only to adjust, but create like a very, very great environment um, for our students. I want to say side note, if you are listening and haven't reached out to someone who works at a school lately to tell them how much they are appreciated, please do. So Bryce, when you've been to some of our campuses this year so far, what have you enjoyed seeing most? You know, honestly, I, uh, just a lot of excitement. I feel like, I, you know, um, like you said, there's been a share of challenges, but compared to last year, there seems to be a lot of hope that we're kind of at least inching towards some kind of normalcy. Um, while still being mindful of, you know, the re- reality we're, in, we're still living in. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I got to be at Florence Elementary on the first day of school. They opened a brand new building, and it was just awesome to see the excitement on the faces of the students, parents, and staff. Um, even behind their masks, you could tell uh, they are excited to be there um, as they opened that new campus. So um, it was just one of the two campuses we opened uh, this fall. And I think you were at the other one, right, at Heritage? I was. I got to visit Heritage on the first day of school. And speaking of Heritage... Dr. Westfall's guest in this episode is also from that campus where, yeah, yeah, not only do they have a new building, but they're also doing school in a new way um, for some of our younger grades. And you're going to hear more about that in just a few minutes. That's right. Yeah. I mean, education, we just have so many remnants of days gone by, really going all the way back to the Industrial Revolution and each generation is kind of guilty sometimes of that, you know, it worked for us, so it's going to work for them too kind of mentality. But uh, today, Dr. Westfall is joined by Heritage Elementary School teacher Megan McDaniel, who, um, along with some of her fellow teachers, has reimagined what the elementary school experience could be like. And now they've gotten the opportunity to actually implement their vision at HES. So uh, we're excited to hear more about it. Um, let's go uh, join Megan and Keller ISD Superintendent Dr. Rick Westfall right now. So today we have Megan McDaniel, second grade teacher here at Heritage Elementary School. Megan, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Of course. I'm a long-time listener, so <laughs> happy to be here. Is that what, long-time listener, first-time caller? Is that you know, like on a radio thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. Throwback. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, well, first, let's just talk about the, where we're at. Mm-hmm. You know, the brand new elementary school here at Heritage and and the fact that we were able to open this up on time and... Um, but it's more than just a facility that's new. I yes, mean, sir. We did a lot of uh, discussion about what this would look like at Heritage and, and different instructional models that maybe we can introduce at Heritage while we were rebuilding the building. So why don't you just talk like big picture, 
um, what what the instructional model is really designed and looks like for our kindergarten through currently second grade. Yes. And ideally, we grow it from, <laughs> from one year to the next. Um, so just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, we were able to develop a model and present it. Um, and it's has a lot of facets. We're talking um, K2, co-teach. Um, so that's a new concept. Um, there's also an experience time portion that we've added. Um, this is an opportunity for the kids to have a hands-on learning. We're talking soft skills, teamwork, um, all of that sort of stuff during that experience time, being exposed to things they might not experience in their day-to-day. Um, we also are doing ability grouping for our content areas where the kids are able to switch. And since we're co-teach, um, there's a lot more staff on hand to take groups of students and interact with them in small group settings. Um, we're also uh, very whole school-minded. Because of the ability grouping, we're taking kids that are um, for each teacher, and we're able to call those kids our own. So all of second grade, for example, the grade I'm in, where I know all the kids because they're coming to me for different content areas. Um, it's not just like my class, my roster. So I, I want to focus in on two terms that you used mm-hmm. for people who aren't necessarily um, in the education world to think that way. So you said co-teach and then you said ability grouping. So mm-hmm. I want to I talk a little bit about both those things. Perfect. So what does... I mean, I can assume that people are going to figure out what co-teach means, but why don't you explain a little bit what co-teach actually means? Yeah, so um, there are two full-time certified teachers in each classroom. So it's not a, um, usually when you hear co-teach in education, it's a um, special education teacher with a general content teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, In this situation, we have two gen ed um, certified teachers in the classroom with um, an average group of um, class size. So we're able to really... um, In rotations and things like that, we're able to both be facilitating instruction. So it gives you an extra set of fully certified hands. Yeah, and and it's important to note that we do have co-teach in the special ed side as well Mm -hmm. across all of our campuses. That's Mm -hmm. been part of a model we've been been working with. Um, Okay, so then the ability grouping piece gets a little bit away from... I am a certain age, and that means I'm a certain grade, which means I should be in a certain curriculum, right? Yes. Tell me a little bit more about ability grouping. Yeah, so we're keeping it within the grade level, um, but uh, we're able to look at our students and their achievements based on pre-assessments, and we decide based on that where they should be placed. And so um, all of our teachers are obviously certified um, a year lower and a few years higher kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so they're able to address standards that may be a first grade standard for that second grade group that their their ability is at that as at that level so we're able to really make it feel as though the kids are moving about the building but it's only within our second grade wing right so so i'm, I'm gonna ask one more question about it or, or make one more clarification on it um for our listeners so if, if we talk about ability grouping and you said you kind of stick with second grade mm-hmm. does that mean that they're in the same group for every single subject, or do you make sure that they are truly ability grouped for each content area based on their Yeah, so skills? currently this year um, we're doing, um, we're starting out um, in the this semester, we started out doing um, reading and math, mm-hmm. and then we hope to then add writing um, as far as our ability group, but our phonics and reading groups move based on a pre-assessment per unit. Got it. So we're, we're reassessing constantly. Oh, so you can change ability groups throughout the year? Yes, sir. Okay. And so they're moving um, based on those pre-assessments for each um, content area in both their phonics, reading, and math. So, um, and they're with different teachers. Not all teachers are taking their... Um, high ability group and doing, you know, the third grade stuff with our second right. grade teachers every time. They might have a, a, a first grade group that during one, and then they might have a 
third grade group doing it. Sure. So this is obviously a unique model. Yes, you know, sir. people might be listening to this and there, there might be parents that other that have kids at other campuses that would be like, well, so are we doing that same exact thing at, at our elementary school? So why don't you talk a little bit about uh, the why behind how this even started, how this was created, what the vision is potentially even for, for the future? Yeah. So um, this was all kind of a, a charge given to a group of teachers that I'm with called Ladder. And so I'm in a group of um, teachers that we've experienced this program together called Ladder. And um, we were given a charge by um, Cecil McDaniel. And he came to us and kind of said, like, what would you envision for the school um, to address every kid's need, to be there for every kid, to do something for all the kids? Like, what would it look like? Think outside the box, you know, um, sort of thing. So we were given that charge and we were able to uh, collaborate together and really come up with something that we thought um, was helpful and beneficial to address um, all parts of our whole child. Right. So trying it here. Now, the reality is in Keller ISD, we have 23 elementary schools. Um, trying to go from not doing something like this to doing something like this at all 23 all at one time can be a little bit of a challenge. So do, what what value do you see in, in kind of experimenting with it and figuring it out at one place? Yeah, I think it's um, it's been very valuable. It has been a, um, a learning process mm-hmm. for all of us, um, even the people, the envisioners. You know, um, many of us are here on this campus, and um, we're going through a lot of new. You know, we have a new building, a new model, uh, a new concept with the experience time. And so um, we're, we're kind of taking all of those things on and really um, adjusting our vision a little bit um, to what's cohesive. As you may know, um, when students show up, things change. And sure. so, you know, you can have this beautiful picture of something, but when right. kids are there in front of you, um, you kind of might, might have to make some adjustments. And so we are looking at those and seeing what, what is our why? Why, why are we going to continue to do this even if it's hard? Um, because is it, is it worth it for the kids? And then looking at saying, well, if, if it's not, if it's not benefiting them, then why are we, why are we fighting the battle? So I want to, I'm going to come back to the, the kid benefit in just a minute. Yes, sir. Uh, I, you mentioned a word uh, what group this was, a group of teachers. It was called the, the ladder cohort. Yes. Um, literally spelled like a ladder, like you're climbing something. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that to explain what, what that group looks like or, or why that was even created? Yeah. So um, ladder is a cohort of teachers that are looking to grow, um, evaluate their practices and push themselves to achieve and work on areas that, and they're determining like a, a problem of practice. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at their problem of practice and then we um, took cohort visits and got to see other teachers and things like that. And it was all through the power of wanting to stay in the classroom, but develop yourself as a leader among your peers um, without having to leave the kids. Um, many of us, our hearts are still in the classroom. And so we don't want to leave that, but we also want to be great leaders among our peers and um, really push ourselves to grow. That's fantastic. I appreciate you being part of that. Um, all right. So let's talk about the kids a little bit. So I know we're only three weeks in. Yes, sir. So it's kind of hard to, to tell exactly, but given uh, the three weeks of experience that you've had right now with them with this new model, what have you seen from a student perspective? I do feel like with the kids, um, relationships have always been extremely important to me. Um, and I do feel like even this year, it was just easier to get to know them because you have two people there and the adults in the room are also dialoguing. And so you're having conversations about, hey, did you notice 
didn't, you know, have a snack today? Or, hey, did you notice he seemed a little tired? You have two sets of eyes that really care about the kids. And so you're able to notice and build those relationships a lot faster. And so I think that's very important to, um, to reaching a kid is having, letting them know that you care. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to see as the year goes on in terms of the ability grouping piece, mm-hmm. where were we able to maybe close gaps a little faster than we thought we were going to be able to, or maybe get kids to a point further along than, than they might've had the opportunity to get to. I mean, that's part of the vision of this, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thinking vision wise, mm-hmm. how do you see this growing? So, um, some of the things that we are looking to do is, um, continue, um, adding grade levels, as you mentioned a mm-hmm. little bit earlier. Um, we would like to go, um, three through five, which right. is what our campus is. Um, we also are hoping to experience our, expand, excuse me, our experience time curriculum. Um, that's something that we're envisioning and creating as we go. Um, but that time we feel is very important, um, to the kids. It's that hands-on learning that those soft skills of, um, learning to be a team player, learning to celebrate your strengths, but also celebrate others and, and, and let them build you, um, as a person. And so we're hoping to develop those skills with the kids through their experiences and things like that. And so that's something we're really hoping to move for forward to. Um, we are looking to, uh, just dream big, you know, we're, we're dreaming real big. And so we're, we're hoping that we can, we can push. And achieve and fill in those gaps, like you said. That's right. So you mentioned something called experience time. So at the elementary level, that could be a million different possible things. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) So so why don't you explain what does that mean or what does that look like in this model? Yeah, it is it is kind of an open term. So there's a a lot of parts to it. Um, But we are looking for that time to be a place where we're giving kids experience maybe they haven't been able to have, such as being able to... um, you know, work in cooperative groups and um, be a, a project manager. For example, one of the ones we're looking at doing um, in this next is going to kind of be uh, construction themed for the kids to be fun. Um, we've got hard hats for them nice. and some little cones and things like that. But um, we're really looking at addressing standards through a fun way. So they're they're going to build um, their their there's going to be roles where you have your project manager and things like that. And they're going to have the opportunity to um, construct out of materials, a tower or a building that they can name um, as tall as they can. They're going to count the different items that they um, are using during that time. Um, They're going to tally those items. Then we're going to do um, comparing them and ordering those numbers. Um, We're looking at uh, using that as a, as a writing um, to talk about steps and things like that. And um, then uh, throwing in a reflection piece about what was your strength? What did you contribute to the team? Um, and then what's something that you, uh, you maybe want to work on? What's a grow for you? Um, sort of thing. So just teaching kids to, to really work in those cooperative groups. We believe that's a lot of what the 21st century jobs are that we're preparing these kids for. Um, but, uh, we have things like that, that are hands-on, but we're also looking, um, we just did some stuff with butterflies and caterpillars, things that they might not be able to experience. Released. Yes. They're already gone? We released ours, but each grade level gets to decide. Okay. Miss Dukes does have hers in her office. I saw Got them it. today. Got it. They're, they're released outside. Yes. Right. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, have, have you had a ch- I know when you're designing something and you're dreaming about something at a particular building, it's hard to even talk about what might happen in three or four or five years. Mm-hmm. But has there been conversation about the potential impact this has on kids when they leave your building and they move on to middle school because um, they're going to go to Vista Ridge. Yes. 
right? Yes, Mr. Ridge. <laughs> we had to realign a little bit, so I want to make sure. So all of our Heritage Elementary kids are going to go to Vista Ridge, and, and if they've gone through this in this ability grouping concept, we're going to have some kids that really have probably accelerated potentially further than their grade level even, even, even though they'll still be in grade levels yeah. technically, but their curriculum might be further along. So how do you see this impact really in terms of the, the long range of kids, even though the model itself might be at Heritage Elementary? But what, what positive impacts do you see happening with our kids as they move forward? Well, the beautiful thing is that Keller has a lot of different tracks and options where they're offering these sort of things um, to accelerate kids' learning and place them where they need to be based on the achievements that they have. And so we think that um, Keller itself as a district has kind of rise to that occasion. And so we're hoping to prepare kids to, to take those advanced tracks. That's awesome. All right, so uh, part of the model includes teachers who are becoming nationally board certified. Sounds very big. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, do you have a good handle on what that process looks like or what does it mean to be nationally board certified? Yeah, we... Um we there's a part of the latter teachers that were given the option and the opportunity to um, become nationally board certified and so um, it is a national thing hence the name and um, so we are working with um, Valerie which I know she was just on the podcast she was and um, we are working with um, our region mm -hmm. to then um, take classes and look at we're doing profiles um, of student work and how we can advance students and so it it applies itself very much to the model that we're trying, um, lends itself that way. So we are able to, it's a two-year um, commitment that we've made to um, really evaluate ourselves and work on that practice, that problem of practice, just as we did in ladder, and then look at how um, we can take our content test and all that sort of stuff to become um, a nationally board certified teacher. Um, if you look into it, it's it's insane the number of teachers in Texas that are certified. It's like a thousand, a little over a thousand yeah. in our whole state. And um, whereas you have other states like North Carolina, I think has 10,000 nationally board certified teachers. So um, we, are, we are honored to represent represent Keller and, and to start that path. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. So talk about some of your goals for this instructional model. And honestly, just for you personally, because I mean, there is a big, there's a value to, to being able to move an instructional model and actually create an instructional model. But then there also needs to be a little bit of a selfishness of, you know, how do you see yourself growing in mm -hmm. this whole process. So why don't yeah. you talk about both those things, the model and then for you personally. Okay. I'll start out with the model and just kind of say, um, we just want to make kids, we just want to make change in kids' lives. Sure. You know, that's our, that's our whole thing. Um, we want them to have a love for learning. We want school to be a place where they feel heard and valued. Uh, we just want all kids in our community as a whole, we're um, looking at doing some community events. We want them to know that Heritage is a place that welcomes them through the door. And um, this is a place where we're we're doing amazing things to help our kids and help our community. Um, and so that's kind of the goal of the program is to, is to be the best fit for our kids. Great. And then for myself, um, uh, with the ladder and with the national board certified and, and, and with the, the model, um, I'm just looking to become the most dynamic teacher I can be, um, for my kids. You know, those kids that pass through my room, um, it's, it's extremely important to me that I am, uh, they feel seen and heard by me and that, um, I'm getting them what they need so that they um, have a, a strong trajectory sure. for their life. Right. All right, so I've got something. It's not part of the questions. Yes. It just, it just struck me, though, when you were talking. Yes, sir. You mentioned something about um, how, how education, how, some, how, how we're designed and how we're built 
and sometimes that doesn't necessarily always meet the needs of kids. Yes. So if there was something you could just totally eliminate mm-hmm. and get out of the way, abandon. And we talk about uh, um, abandonment and, and not just for the sake of throwing things out, but truly getting things and moving obstacles out of the way so we can get to where we're trying to go to. Mm-hmm. So when you were going through this process, creating this instructional model with your team of teachers, not just you, but the, yes. the entire cohort. Yes. Um, what did you, what converse, I know you guys had to have a conversation of, man, if we could just get this out of the way or that out of the way, what would, what would be an abandonment subject that we would have to have the conversation? I think, um, there, there's a few. Careful. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but I think, um, one of them that we, we tried to address was obviously time. Uh-huh. The time you get with your kids. Time is the one resource that is, is limited. You know, as a teacher, we're constantly pushing ourselves, um, to have one more minute and to that bell and, right. you know, sort of thing. Um, obviously that's not something we could change, but we hoped that the co-teach model would allow us to just have more time, um, with our kids. Um, another hot topic one might be testing. <laughs> state testing. Sure. Um, I am in second grade now, but my, my previous experience was third and fourth. And so, um, I've been in that environment quite a bit and, um, that can be very limiting for some of our students that need, um, some special, uh, accommodations and things sure. like that, that the state just doesn't recognize. Right. And so, um, that's one of the big ones. And I, and I think what's important about that is it, and I tell people this, educators are not anti-assessment. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not against making sure we know where our kids are at. Yeah. We're just against the one-size-fits-all model that, that I think we can do better yeah. with if we manage it a little more locally. Yeah, I agree. I think um, there's a lot of, I mean, we do assessments constantly, like I was talking sure. about for the ability groups. We're doing pre-assessments and post-assessments to see how we're moving kids, if kids need to move ability groups and all that sort of stuff. So we're assessing them a lot to see where they're at, um, even if that's just a small conversation of, hey, can you read that book to me? kind of thing, we get that opportunity to kind of see where that student is in a quick picture. It's not a state test with a number right. for three hours. Right. <laughs> exactly. On that one day. Yes. Where students have to perform exactly just yes. a certain way. Might not have had breakfast or... <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Slept the Could night have had before. a bad day the, the, that morning or the day before. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Megan, something we're going to do this year is dig into everyone's why. So, why don't you tell us on this podcast, what is your why? Oh, I love the Keller why. Um, uh, my why, um, as you might have guessed, is always the kids. But, mm-hmm. um, of course, the kids at Keller at um, Heritage, but also all the kids in Keller. I think that's part of the model is looking to see how we can, um, we can think about education a little bit different um, and think about um, what we can do to uh, fill in those things that maybe were created a while back and just aren't, aren't doing the service for the 21st century student. And so we're really looking at what we can do, and um, that's really my why. I want them to be lifelong learners, so I can try, and so I try to model that for them by doing ladder and doing national board and things like that, and them seeing people come into my classroom, and I, me giving them examples of I'm taking feedback from these people, so I can be better. The same way I'm giving you feedback on your writing every day, right. you know that sort of thing. Um, and I want them to to dream big. You know that was part of this is is to dream big. And so I hope I, I am also modeling that for them. So Megan, thank you so much for joining us on this, uh, next version of our podcast. I appreciate you spending the time. I appreciate all the work you and your team have done. I know that, that what your, your work is not just about you. In fact, we had a little conversation before we got on, on air Yes, sir. and you were, um, I think it's important for your colleagues to know that the importance that you saw that this wasn't just about you, 
that this was about you trying to reflect the work of your entire team. Yeah, it's a little more pressure when you're you're trying to <laughs> trying to uh, do them all a service. Well, it's not just for you. Shout yourself. out to your entire team. Yes. And all the teachers and the staff and everybody that made this work and made yeah. this possible. And the, the wonderful campus here. That's absolutely. Ms. Dukes absolutely. has been wonderful facilitating, and um, the rest of the staff took it on um, wholeheartedly. That's so right. we're, we're blessed. That's great. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, in a lot of ways, it does look different uh, than when we were in school. In a lot of ways, it doesn't still. But, uh, you know, we, we, do, we have made great strides. There are still aspects of our educational experience that uh, the industry likes to hold on to. And, you know, Megan mentioned a few of them uh, there in their conversation. And I, I think it's important just to remember that schools have to continue to evolve as the world evolves. Mm-hmm. You know, there are jobs right now that uh, exist that didn't, you know, 5, 10 20 years ago, obviously, but um, as educators, we're responsible for preparing our students to, to enter a world, a workforce that um, even, you know, we're just learning about uh, ourselves right now. Yeah, definitely. I think that's why it's so important. We have really passionate teachers like Megan, for instance, who want to grow and just become better teachers. I'm really, really thankful that our district has embarked on this journey to have those teachers become nationally board certified and just there's so many other initiatives that we've got to keep great teachers in the classroom. And Megan is definitely one of those greats. You know, she mm-hmm. you know, left another campus to go to Heritage to implement this. And um, I just le- loved hearing how you know she not only wants to continue implementing this and, you know, future grades at Heritage, but also, you know, throughout the entire school district. And I'm excited to see how things go and how the model continues to evolve and just how it can be adapted for other campuses. Yeah, definitely. Exciting things ahead. So thank you to Megan again for sharing her ideas and heart with us, but also for dreaming big for our kids. Remember, you can catch up on past episodes of Westfall One-on-One by visiting www.kellerisd.net slash podcast or subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to follow Keller ISD on social media at Keller ISD on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com slash Keller ISD. Look for links to all of that in our show notes. We hope you'll join us and Dr. Westfall again next month for another edition of Westfall One-on-One. Until next time, hashtag hashtag celebrate celebrate KISD. KISD.